Welcome, language learners. I'm your host, Alexandria, of the Insecurities About Language podcast, where I will explore all types of language journeys from individuals, teachers, families teaching children, and really anyone who wants to have a conversation about language, what it means to them, and how it relates to their life. Also, I will tackle the death of languages within families. Now let's begin. All right. So welcome, Jacqueline, to the Insecurities About Language podcast. We are going to be talking about the death of languages within families. So if you can introduce yourself, tell us where you were born, where'd you grow up, and then tell us a bit of information about your family's background, about their languages as well. Sure. So my name is Jacqueline Sadbury, and I am a Texas girl. Born and raised here, lived here all my life. Uh, grew up in a small town, so I don't want to say because, yeah, <laughs> but live in a small town. And uh, as far as my parents, my parents actually divorced uh, probably a year after I was born. Um, so I don't know too much about my father's side of the family because I grew up with my mom. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, and I remember my grandmother uh, you know, would help my mom, like, watch us and, and things like that. So, yeah, my grandparents, uh, on my father's side, my grandparents, they kind of moved around because my grandfather was in the Air Force. So they lived, like, in England and places like that. On my mother's side, they are from Louisiana. So (laughs) we have some roots there. What does the death of language within families mean to you? Um, For me, I feel like uh, the death of a language in a family happens when no one in the family has any desire or interest to learn it. Like even if, you know, no one can really speak it, but as long as you have that one person who is passionate enough, to try to learn it or has an interest in learning it, then there's hope. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. when no one is like, oh, I don't even want to learn that. You know, I don't, I don't see the point in that. Then, yeah, I feel like that's when it officially dies. Do you know a bit more about your family's history with their languages or the death of their language? Um, where it began, where it stopped within the generation, if it was your parents, your grandparents, your great-great-grandparents, et cetera? Yeah. Like I said, on my dad's side, I'm not too sure about them. Um, as far as I know, they only speak English. Um, on my mother's side of the family, though, um, my grandmother, because they were from Louisiana, they spoke Creole French. And uh, when they moved over here to Texas, because she was teased a lot for her accent, um, she would not teach my mom and her sibling. It's like 11 of them growing up. But the last person in our family who could speak it was my aunt, one of my aunts who passed away um, about four years ago because she was very determined to learn it. And there was a lady in her church who spoke Creole French, but she didn't know a lot of English. So they kind of did like a language exchange. But yeah, that was probably the last 
person in our family who could who could speak it. Were there any any hindrance or laws in place that prohibited your family from speaking the Creole French language? Um, here in Texas, I don't think so. But you know, like I said, my my grandmother was teased for her accent, and they still kind of do stuff like that now. Mm -hmm. Whereas, like, if somebody has an accent. Um, they'll kind of like make fun of their accent, right? Which is funny because even as Texans, we have an accent. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> yeah, not really any laws as far as I know in Texas. Now, when I started researching it, there were laws in Louisiana for a certain period of time where they could not speak Creole French. Like it was um, prohibited for them speaking that. But yeah, as far as I know, here in Texas, no. It was just more so like that ridicule that made my grandmother just decide to say, no, all of you are learning English because she didn't want them to go through what she went through. Okay, and so your grandmother felt shame surrounding yeah. the use of the language in public. Does she feel like that at all in the household? Or because all the shame and the ridicule was coming from the outside, she brought it into the household. And that's why it's like, no, we're learning English. And that's that. Yeah. Like even at home, my mom remembers as a child because um, her father would speak it all the time. So when he was with, you know, talking to a cousin or a relative who came down to visit, she would kind of sit by them mm -hmm. and like try to pick up things that she could kind of understand what they were saying now she can't really understand oh. but as a child she could kind of like understand them but yeah my grandmother refused to speak it around them she wouldn't even you know use it in the house it was English only so for me I didn't start thinking about languages let alone my family's languages until a few years ago so when did you start thinking about your family's heritage language and you wanting to learn it or did you just question you know like the why and the what happened within the family and why the language is just kind of non-existent I feel like I started taking up an interest probably um maybe like two years ago either two or three years ago because like at that time I'd already been studying languages for like maybe two years <laughs> but yeah, it was like listening to other heritage speakers and their, you know, that desire, like, yeah, I wish I could have been able, you know, to speak this with my grandparents or my family or, and then realizing like, oh, I'm also a heritage speaker because it never occurred to me, like, yeah, your grandmother could speak this language and you never learned it. So in that, like, as I do want to eventually learn French. Um, but yeah, like I said, it just, it didn't occur to me until that point when I started listening to their stories and then realizing like, oh, I'm also <laughs> like, I'm also in that group. And then a lot of questions popped up like, well, why didn't we learn this? Like, well, you know what? I'm going to learn my grandma's language. 
right? I'm going to learn her mother tongue because one, it wasn't fair uh, that that happened to her, um, you know, and then two, in a way, like just that curiosity to discover another part of myself, mm -hmm. right? That I feel like kind of went missing. And so since you just talk about that missing element, do you feel more of a sense of something missing due to not being able to speak that language within your household and just having that type of culture and language and difference to be able to speak a different language within your household? And then also, are you learning? Are you actively learning the Creole French language at this moment or not yet? Uh so I'm not learning it yet because um, like right now I'm studying three languages. Mm -hmm. So I want to get through those first before I take on another one. But yeah, like, you know, every language has its own culture, right? Like they go together. And so there is like this kind of wonder, like I wonder what would have happened had I been able to speak this and how would that have shaped um, my personality because in a big way I feel like when I started my language journey that kind of pushed me out of my shell but it also helped me see a lot of things about myself that I felt like I couldn't do and now that I'm doing it it's like no you can't tell me I can't do anything now <laughs> like you know yeah. I've become more determined and emboldened to be like, no, I'm going to do this. So when people are like, oh, that's, you know, that's probably too hard. I just go for it because it's like, well, they can do it. So why not me? Um, and also like, you know, as a kid, like growing up, um, just having that one bad French class, <laughs> really <laughs> bad, bad French class that made me start to hate the language, not realizing like this is a part of you. So I remember being home one day and be like, I hate French. And my mom <laughs> whipped around like, what? <laughs> She's like, hey, like, you know, that's that's the language of your people. And I was like, well, I don't know. I don't like it. You know, <laughs> and I was really young. I was like in, in high school. But now that I'm older, it's like, oh, girl, like you're basically saying that you don't like this part of yourself. Like this is a part of you. It's a part of your family, you know. And saying mm -hmm. that is almost like an insult to your grandmother. So it's like, yeah, you know, that wonder of, man, like, if I could have done this, you know, I probably would have tried to, like, talk about people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So definitely. What would you like to ask your parents, your grandparents, your great-great-grandparents about this language um you know the why and the what happened you know what would you want to learn from them i think um unfortunately my grandfather he passed away um before i was born so i think he probably would have been more open to, to talk about it because my grandmother was very reserved mm -hmm. right we called her mamu so Mamu was very reserved, but Papu was like a pretty open man, at least from what my mom has told me. You know, he sounds like a man of legends. Mm -hmm. um, 
But yeah, to be able to talk to him and I'm sure he would have taught me like a lot because I also got the sense that he was a very wise man. Like people would come to their house and just sit and talk with him. Whereas my grandmother, I guess maybe because of how she was raised, it was like, you don't talk about painful things yeah, um, or sensitive things. You just kind of, you know, it is what it is and you just let it be and you move on. Um, so I think it would have been difficult at the same time. I think, you know, it probably would have been a nice little surprise for her, um, you know, to hear her granddaughter speaking to her in Creole French. So, yeah, definitely. Um, I feel like I would have got more out of my grandfather, though. <laughs> for sure. Do you think it's important to learn the Creole French language? I do, um, especially, you know, if, if it's a part of you, I don't know. It, it makes me sad uh, when I come across people who is like they have no interest in, in learning this language that is a part of their history, a part of them. And I guess people have their own reason. But, you know, it's like you have this whole story that's untold about your life. And like, you know, don't you want to at least learn a, a little bit about it? So, yeah, I think it's it's um, definitely important to preserve the culture because, um, you know, the language dies and I feel like the culture kind of goes with it. Mm-hmm. So it's extremely important to preserve it, especially, you know, like I said earlier, when you consider that they tried to kill this language before. And it seems like lately there's kind of been a resurgence where people are trying, like more and more people are trying to preserve it and learn it. So, yeah, I think it's extremely important. I would ask if you're enjoying learning the French, the Creole French language, uh, but you're not at that moment. You're not Mm -hmm. at that point yet. But in general with learning languages, are you enjoying it? Absolutely. Like, um, I tell people all the time, when you start learning a language, you start learning a whole lot about yourself and the world around you, right? You feel Mm -hmm. very small (laughs) in the world. Whereas before it was like, oh, you know, whatever. Now I have this desire to travel and to like actually meet people and see different places. Um, You learn a lot about your own culture in comparison to other cultures, like the similarities and the differences. I mean, it's it's an amazing adventure. So Mm -hmm. I absolutely love it. Yeah. What shaped your language environment? Hmm. Uh... I don't know. <laughs> Can you go in depth? <laughs> um, like what made you want to learn languages? What happened uh, in your life that you was like, oh, yes, I want to learn this language or watching this or doing that or listening to this? Got you. Um, I think I had it started when I was really little, but I just didn't realize that I had a passion for languages yet. So I remember I was probably like five or six and full house was on (laughs) and uh the little girl michelle was on there 
And there's an episode where she says the word uh, sayonara, well, sayonara in <laughs> Japanese. And they're like, you know, oh, you're the one calling Tokyo or whatever it was she was doing. And so I remember I turned to my mom and I was like, what does say- sayonara mean? Like, what is that? And both her and my sister were like, oh, it's Japanese. And I was like, what's Japanese? <laughs> <laughs> And they're like, oh, it's a, you know, it's a different language. And so then after that, I immediately just kind of had this interest, like, I want to learn more about Japanese. But at that time, just didn't have enough resources. Um, and then as I got older, like, I, it started off as that push from the people around me, like, yeah, if you learn another language, you can get more money. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, that was like the big thing, right? But like I said, when once you officially start learning the language, it, it begins to change you in the way that you see things. So what originally started off as like, oh, okay, I'm just going to do this, get some money. Um, as I got older, it just became this, this mindset of I have to do things differently. Because um, probably when I first started, officially started my journey, I was probably like about 27 or 28. And I remember just being super depressed about my life in general and feeling like I hadn't really achieved any of the things that mm-hmm. I wanted to do. And learning languages was one of those things. So one day just sat down and started making a list. And there was like this little voice. It's like, I want you to write everything down that you want to do, regardless if you think you can do it or not. And I started making that list and language was at the top and it was like, okay, let's, let's go for it. What's the worst that can happen? And <laughs> now, you know, here I am like, Ooh, was that six, five, six years later? And man, it has been incredible, but definitely like reaching that low point of my life and being like, okay, we got to do something different because this can't be it for me. Like this cannot be the sum of my life. What keeps you motivated to continue the learning process of languages? And then also what is, what is the motivation for you to want to learn the Creole French language? My motivation for uh, learning languages is that I don't want to go back to being who I was before I started. Um, I was a very unhappy, miserable person, uh, mainly because I was too afraid to just go for the things that I wanted to do. Um, And now I've become much bolder in just going for the the stuff that I want to do. It's like, if you want to learn it, learn it and don't worry about what other people have to say about it. Um, Mm -hmm. So yeah. And for Creole French, um, I really want to do it for, you know, my family, my, my grandmother, um, to kind of like, as a way to kind of look back and be like, you know, she should have had to have been ashamed because of her accent. Like, yeah, so that's kind of my way of, you know, 
looking at those people in their face that tease her and be like, yeah, take that. Like, (laughs) definitely to, in a way to like reconnect with this part of my family that I don't really know. Yeah. What are your insecurities about learning languages and then learning the Creole French language? Hmm. I think my number one insecurity is always that little voice that tells me you're not good enough, right? Like you're not smart enough. You'll never be strong enough. You'll never um, be able to learn this. You'll never be able to do that. Um, so that's always like a daily struggle to like overcome that um as far as the creole language there is like this worry of okay yeah i'll try to learn it but then you know what if my family on that side or you know in louisiana rejects me and you know where they're like well yeah you can speak it but you're never really going to be a real creole like Mm -hmm. (laughs) there's always that craziness but you know, it's, it's like, okay, you have to put that to the side and, and just, you know, do this at least for yourself, you know. And the last question, mm-hmm. um, so once you start learning the Creole French language, do you have confidence in yourself that you'll be able to preserve the language for your future? Um, I feel like I have to be, <laughs> you know, like, because once I learn it, then it's like, okay, now you got to pass the torch down to your kids, you know, like I, I plan to have a family. So it's like, I want them to know who they are, mm-hmm. you know, or at least try to, you know, teach, um, you know, other members of my family the language because maybe that will be that push to be like, okay, well, Jackie learned it, you know, so we can learn it too. Um, So yeah, definitely. Cause yeah, I I do lack confidence sometimes, even with the languages I study and Mm -hmm. I'm starting to see that, you know, it's like other people, native speakers are telling you that you're good and that they believe you can do it. So you got to do this. Like, you can't come in here scared. Like, I don't know if I can do it. Uh, no, I have to. There's, there's no other option. Yes. All right. Thank you so much, Jacqueline, for being on the Insecurities About Language podcast. I really did enjoy yes. your, your history and your family's background when it comes to the death of languages. Yeah. Yeah. No problem. Thanks for having me. All the, all the struggling. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to the Insecurities About Language podcast. Please make sure to follow, rate, and review this podcast wherever you listen to your podcast. And follow the podcast on Instagram at Insecurities About Language and say hi.